What's up, everybody? Welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, and today we're going to be talking about pain. I know that it's sometimes painful to listen to these podcasts, but I appreciate you listening anyway. Um, make sure you're subscribed, by the way. No, we're going to be talking about actual physical pain. Specifically, we're going to be talking about how you're thinking about pain and how our thinking about pain as a society has led us to probably avoid too much pain in general. Now, this isn't going to be a comfort versus pain kind of conversation where we live a more comfortable life than probably we really need. And because of that, any small minuscule amount of pain that we have in our lives, we tend to try and avoid, be that emotional pain or physical pain. What this is actually about is physical pain. Whenever we have an injury or whenever we have chronic pain, how are we dealing with it? Is that helpful or is that not helpful? Now, in the next episode, we're going to have Dr. Steve Hannigan on. He is a chiropractor in the Northern Kentucky area. He'll be talking more directly to us about pain, um, give us more strategic ideas about how we can deal with it, what it is, where it comes from, and all of that good stuff. So today's going to be pretty high level because Steve has a much greater knowledge of pain considering his education and field that he's in. Um, but I wanted to get the ball rolling with a good conversation about it today. So there's two basic kinds of pain that we deal with. We deal with acute pain, which is short-term, something that usually happens, and then we have we feel pain, and then we, you know, hopefully it dissipates over time. And then we deal with chronic pain. Chronic pain is anything that lasts generally longer than, I don't know, maybe 12 weeks or so, 6 to 12 weeks. I don't, I'm sure there's a number there that defines chronic pain, but I'm going to say 6 to 12 weeks. So acute pain generally comes from something that we do. It can be a cut on our finger, or it can be a torn muscle, or it can be, quote, throwing your back out, which isn't a real thing. Um, or it can be hurting a ligament or a tendon or something like that. So that's acute pain. Whenever you feel something happen, it's a traumatic injury that does something to you, and you feel it pretty much instantly. Hopefully, eventually it goes away. If you don't rehabilitate it correctly, you don't get moving correctly and all these other things, then it can potentially turn into chronic pain. Chronic pain is generally more debilitating than acute pain because I think most of us believe that acute pain is going to eventually go away. Even though we hurt ourselves, we, I think most of us are like, well, I, just in our minds, subconsciously, we know that it's going to eventually go away. It's when it becomes chronic pain, when it becomes long-lasting, that it becomes more debilitating. And that's when poor outcomes generally uh, start to happen. So how do we usually deal with pain? Well, both acute pain and chronic pain are usually dealt with very similar, similarly. Acute pain, most people want to rest whenever they do something. They do a muscle or they hurt a joint, sprain an ankle, hurt their back, whatever, they want to rest. They want to lay down and they want to rest. That's typically what a doctor will tell you to do also, rest. And so generally as a society, that's what we have learned to do is to sit down and rest and 
don't do much. Eventually, maybe get up and do some rehab. Hopefully, get up and do some rehab and do some movement. But make sure you rest for some time. Generally, it's four to six weeks that a practitioner will recommend, quote, resting. When it comes to chronic pain, we typically do the same thing, but it's not resting, it's more avoiding than anything else. We tend to avoid things that cause chronic pain uh, or cause an increase in chronic pain. Uh, for most people, that's chronic pain in a joint, be that in your lower back, be that in a hip, be that in a knee or in a shoulder or something like that. And so ironically, most of us avoid specific physical activity that they feel hurts the pain, which makes some sort of rational sense. But as we'll see, it's maybe not the most rational thing to do. So that's what most of us do with chronic pain, is we try and avoid hurting the area or aggravating the area that hurts. So the question is, is this what needs to be done? And we'll kind of look at it from a lens of chronic pain and then a lens of acute pain. They, they intermingle. Sorry if you just sort of boom because I just punched the microphone. Um, but they intermingle a little bit as far as the processes that's going on to try and heal it. But nonetheless, once you get into chronic pain, it, it is different. It's, it's a different pathway that we're talking about. So is resting improving our pain? Well, if you just look at it from a surface level question, like a surface level, uh, surface level area, most people who have chronic pain don't do much physical activity to try and avoid chronic pain, and they still have chronic pain. So I think that alone kind of answers the question as to whether or not it's useful. Is resting and not doing physical activity improving chronic pain? And just looking at it through that lens makes us think, no, it doesn't. Because a lot of those people are still in chronic pain, and they're not doing anything. But why is it happening? Like, why aren't these people getting better when they're resting? And it seems like resting and not doing anything for an area should allow it to start to heal, which in some instances, that is the case. However, in most instances, that is not the case. So what's happening? Well, there's three things that we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the immune system response, the nervous system, and your mind. Because as we're starting to learn, the mind plays a gigantic role in all of this, so we cannot go without it. Number one, the immune system. You have probably heard of these things called cytokines. It's, it was a very popular, cytokine storms was a very popular term during the pandemic. Um, but nonetheless, cytokines are chemical messenger proteins in the immune system. In other words, they send messages to cells in the immune system to tell them to do something. One of the major functions of cytokines is managing and regulating inflammation in the body. We all, I think, understand and know the term inflammation. Inflammation is a very positive thing in the short term, but can be harmful and 
debilitating in the long term. Inflammation needs to happen during acute instances of injury. Whenever you sprain an ankle and your ankle swells up, that's inflammation. The, The body is sending things that way in order to heal the injury. Whenever you get a cut and it swells up a little bit as well, it's not as obvious, of course, as depending on how big the cut is, but like it starts to change colors over days and over time, like that's inflammation. That's the body trying to heal the cut. So inflammation is very important, very necessary for the healing process. However, again, whenever inflammation gets out of hand and uh, sticks around for a long period of time, then it becomes debilitating. So how does that happen? Well, there are pro and anti-inflammatory cytokines. In other words, there are some that are inflammation inducing, and there are some that are inflammation inhibiting. There are some that increase inflammation, and there are some that lower inflammation. Whenever there is an imbalance between the two, it leads to, typically, the persistence of chronic pain. What causes, not not the only thing, but a major thing that causes an imbalance between the two is sedentary behavior. When you don't move, it increases the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines and decreases the production of anti-inflammatory cytokines. In other words, when you sit around, your body is literally feeding the inflammation and not sending out the necessary singles, sing, signals to reduce inflammation because it's not producing the cytokines it needs in order to start to reduce it. Exercise and physical activity, on the other hand, reduces the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines and increases the production of anti-inflammatory cytokines. In other words, exercise and physical activity, aka movement, um, improves and releases more anti-inflammatory cytokines, whereas it also reduces the pro-inflammatory cytokines at the same time. So literally, the act of sitting around and resting, again, this is mostly for chronic pain, but, a, but, it, but it also is related to resting too long for acute pain and acute injury. It's, it's literally doing the opposite of what we are thinking that it's doing. It's literally doing the opposite thing. Like not, not moving the body is keeping it from healing and is keeping it from getting better. And especially when it gets chronic, then it becomes a whole nother level of issue. And that's only from an immune system standpoint. From a neurological standpoint, we have neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters we've talked about previously. They are chemical messengers of the nervous system. In other words, they tell nervous system cells what to do when to activate, when to deactivate, so on and so forth. Uh, One of the major roles of neurotransmitters is regulating physical sensation. Sedentary behavior creates an imbalance of neurotransmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, 
and that imbalance increases the sensation of pain. Exercise regulates the balance of neurotransmitters such as serotonin, dopamine, and norepinephrine, and that regulation reduces, it causes an analgesic effect, aka a pain-reducing effect, um, a pain sensation-reducing effect, and uh, that it regulates those neurotransmitters, and therefore the feeling of pain becomes reduced. So again, the same thing is happening, sitting around, for too long, causes an imbalance in neurotransmitters that are there to help us feel better. Like dopamine is the feel-good hormone. It is the, not hormone, nor, uh, neurotransmitter. Uh, serotonin, same thing. Like that's what they're there for. But when there's an imbalance of them, they do, they do the opposite. They will increase the sensation of pain in an area that we think has a lot of pain. Whenever we get to moving... Whenever we get our physical activity up, whenever we exercise, those neurotransmitters are then regulated, and that regulation leads to an analgesic effect, which literally means a lowering in pain sensation. So we see from an immune system standpoint, cytokine imbalance can cause an increase. Man, the phone is just blowing up today can cause and I, I wish that it'd be great if those were like actually people trying to call to get oh oh Danny it's Danny girl um anyway sorry side note cytokines an imbalance in cytokines um is causing inflammation to stick around longer than it needs to and an imbalance in neurotransmitters is calling the causing the pain sensation to be heightened so both, both of those things are exacerbated when we sit around. They are increased when we sit around and don't do anything. Again, this is not to say that rest is something that we should never, ever do. It is to say, however, that when you are dealing with a sensation of chronic pain, something that's been around for longer than about 6 to 12 weeks, generally speaking, you've been sitting around too long. <laughs> to put to put it bluntly. Uh, the same is pretty well true for um, acute pain, which we'll get to in a second. So the question is then, what is the deal with chronic pain? Like, how should we deal with it? How should we start to get ourselves better? Well, I think the simple answer is moving. But again, a lot of people want to avoid the feeling of pain in the joint or the muscle that we're feeling the pain in. So, you know, if that's the case and people are feeling chronic pain in their shoulder, then they have no problem maybe going for a walk because they don't have to use their arm. Or if they have chronic pain in their knee, then they have no problem doing, I don't know, maybe some simple arm exercises because they don't have to do anything with their knee. Well... The point is to use the thing, use the joint that you're having pain in. There was a, I found a meta-analysis that essentially means a study of studies. They find a bunch of studies and they reviewed them to get a general consensus of what they found. 
Uh, this one is called, Should Exercise Be Painful in the Management of Chronic Pain? A meta-analysis of nine research papers. And the short answer is yes. Like, when you're exercising or when you're rehabilitating a chronic pain issue, the exercise or the rehabilitation should usually be painful in the area of which you have pain. So here's a paragraph directly from the, uh, well, I'll read two paragraphs from the study. One, the heading is summary of main findings. There was a significant short-term benefit for exercises into pain over pain-free exercises for patient reported outcomes of pain with a small effect size and moderate quality of evidence. There appears to be no difference between medium-term and long-term follow-up with a quality of the evidence rated as moderate to low. So basically what they're saying is in the short term, when you work through pain, it helps significantly. In the medium or long term, it, it's the same whether you work through pain or not to an extent. It's, it's leaned more toward working through pain, but whether you work through pain or not, it's about the same. But it's the short term that we worried about because most people won't even work through the short term. And that's the point is we need to work through that short term discomfort to get to the point where we actually feel better. The second paragraph I'd like to read, uh, the heading is clinical and research implications. Traditionally, healthcare practitioners have been reluctant to encourage patients to continue with exercise into pain when they are treating chronic musculoskeletal pain with some research suggesting clinicians fear being the primary deterrent. The results of our systemic review show that there does not appear to be a, a scientific basis for this fear in relation to outcome measures of pain and also potentially function, uh, function in disability. In other words, um, there's, there's no rationale behind telling people not to work through pain. Um, working through pain is going to help number one, the pain, but also the function and the disability. In other words, you'll be less disabled and you'll be able to function better if you work through the pain. Uh, continuing with the paragraph, this is an important point when considering what advice is given on any short-term exacerbations of musculoskeletal pain during physical activity or exercise by healthcare practitioners, particular, particularly when physical activity I'm sorry, physical inactivity is one of the 10 leading risk factors for death worldwide. And when an estimated 1.9 billion euro, this study was done in Europe, 1.9 billion euro a year in healthcare and 9.4 billion a year in economic costs in the UK are attributed to attributable to physical inactivity. If you can imagine, those numbers are much, much, much higher in the United States. So, move like you got to move you got to move you you got to get up and you got to work through it there's going to be some level of discomfort there's going to be some level of pain um, and there's other things that you need to be doing as well probably uh, like I said our we'll have a conversation with Dr. Steve Hannigan here in the next episode what they do there is a thing called dry needling if you've ever done that on any part of your body it helps significantly 
They also do a thing called grassing, another great technique that can help improve chronic pain. There's things like cupping. There's things like acupuncture that all improve significantly chronic pain when you're also moving. But that's the point. You can do these things. You can do things like massage. You can do things like dry needling and acupuncture and grassing, and all of them will help. But if you're not moving in the process, it's not going to be sustainable. It's not going to stick. It's not going to get you to a truly pain-free, mostly, mostly pain-free range of motion uh, where you can actually live your life. So with that being said, let's talk briefly then about acute injuries and how um, how we should be dealing with those. So like I said, there, it's very similar, similar idea. Uh, whenever you have a very quick injury, no matter if you're bending over to tie your shoes and all of a sudden your back spasms up or whether you sprain an ankle or whatever it is, generally people will stop. It will rest and they will not do anything until the stiffness or discomfort or whatever is mostly gone. And what research finds is that this strategy prolongs the rehabilitation time. And typically it's much longer. And again, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and spend a ton of time on this because it's, it's very clear. There are three studies that I'll go ahead and just reference real quick. One of them, immediate weight bearing and mobility after Achilles tendon rupture. So this compared, I think it was like 60 surgeries after a, an Achilles tendon rupture, an Achilles tendon rupture. If you don't know what that is, very painful. It's this cord on the back of your heel hurts a lot whenever you rupture it. I've not done it, but I'm certain. Um, I have strained it, and a strain was bad enough. Nonetheless, uh, those who waited for maybe it was like six weeks and those who waited only a, a couple of days um, or almost immediately started weight-bearing, the ones who started weight-bearing, they only took five to seven months to return to the sport, to return to sport, not to like move normally, but to return to sport after rupturing their Achilles tendon. They immediately started to weight bear on it. Uh, another study, early versus delayed rehab, starting rehab two days versus nine days, uh, shortened recovery and return by three weeks. By three weeks. This study, I believe, was also a meta-analysis. Again, that's a study of studies. I could be saying that. I could, it could, let me see, it's, I think it's right here. Mm, yeah, I believe this was a review, a review of studies. At any rate, they looked at when there was an injury, people who got back to or got into rehab two days after versus people who got back to nine days after. If they got back two days after, they shortened their, uh, their time to recovery or were time to return to the sport by three weeks. Three weeks. That's a pretty big deal. Um, and then the last one is immobilization or early mobilization after soft tissue uh, injury, soft tissue is just tendons, ligaments, and muscles. Muscles, we know what they are. Uh, ligaments connect bone to bone, and tendons connect muscle to bone. So whenever you have an injury from those, the question from the study is if there was immobilization or early mobilization, what happened? Um, and they found that ligament, muscle, and tendon injuries recover faster and better with mobiliz 
stabilization within a week. So most people who sprain an ankle are put into a boot. Typically, it's for six weeks. And that atrophies muscle. It does all these terrible things. And whenever that happens, it prolongs the return and the recovery of the ankle. So if instead you start to mobilize these soft tissue injuries within a week, then you will see a much faster return. Um, and that's really what it comes down to is whenever you have pain, you have to realize that it's 9.99999 times out of 10 that sitting around is not going to do you any justice. Um, it's not only working against your immune system and your nervous system. It's also working, um, just working against the whole physiology of the body in general, most importantly, and lastly, it is working against the mind. So whenever you are in a pain avoidance because of fear of pain, uh, you typically go down a spiral. You move even more away from the pain. Whenever you feel the pain at all, you feel it a little bit, you do less, less, less physical activity over time. And that avoidance leads to a higher disability over time. It leads to less function of the muscle or the joint. It leads to less overall function of the body leads to reduced strength, so on and so forth. Here's the thing. Um, it's when you believe and research shows this, when you avoid physical activity, if you believe that the physical activity is going to hurt and cause pain, um, it leads to reduced strength adaptations during a strength training program and it reduce in a reduced recovery during rehabilitation. Literally, real rehabilitation takes longer or there's no recovery at all because of the belief. Or if you're doing a strength training program, there's reduced, reduced strength ability because you believe that the, um, the pain's going to be there and that it's bad and that you shouldn't be doing it. So your mind dictates the outcome. Your mind decides what's going to happen. If you sit around after an acute injury and you sit for too long, it's prolonging your recovery. Get up and do something. Get up and move. Even if it's not the actual joint itself, you still have the rest of your body to do. And research shows, research highly supports that even if you're not training the injured joint, but you're up and moving because of the immune response that we talked about and the nervous system response that we talked about, if you're still moving, it will recover faster. Even if you're not actually moving and maneuvering the injured joint or the injured muscle. So get up and move, get up and move and changing your mindset about pain, what pain is like literally like changing your mindset on the intensity of the pain and telling yourself that the pain is less intense than what it is that alone can go a long way in helping you recover. So something to think about. Um, I'm going to leave the rest to Dr. Steve whenever he gets here. We're recording today. That's why I say that. You won't get that episode for a couple of days, so you'll have to wait. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure that you hit subscribe and share this episode with your friends so that they can get the good news too. And until next time, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.